Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Well, I get the pleasure of introducing our speaker. He's been with us for a long time, been in youth ministry for even longer, over two decades, all the way from North Carolina. He loves the Lord, he loves his family, and he loves Star Wars, ladies and gentlemen. Let's make a round of applause for Nate Garrett. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Wow, there's a lot of like, it's like a ticker tape parade earlier. That's pretty cool. Anybody getting a hit in the face with confetti? And no one got hit in the face? That's so sad. That's so sad. It's a wonderful feeling when you can get hit in the face with confetti. So our theme, well, I should say who I am first. He already said that, right? So I got three kids. This is the quick rundown for anybody who's never seen me before. Three kids. One's 18, so he's technically an adult. He's in college, plays basketball for Mid-Atlantic Christian University, and his name is Luke, my 16-year-old, also loves basketball. Her name's Leah, that's intentional. And then we have a three-year-old that we adopted when he was born, and his name is Ezra, also loves basketball, probably won't be tall. Um, He's not directly related, and he's smarter than all of us. All right, so that's kind of our story, and my wife and I, we've been married for 23 years, all right? It feels so much shorter than that at times. All right, so um, come alive is our theme. So I've got, I've got Aaron out here. He's gonna, we're gonna ask some questions. So like without being churchy and giving me the spiritual answer, the Sunday school answer uh, about what come alive means, you're like, in Jesus, we can all come alive. No, like just like generally, what does it mean to come alive? Like when you hear that and you might hear it in different ways, I don't just mean a dead person's alive again or zombies or something like that. But like, what do you hear when like you hear somebody say the phrase come alive? It's not something we say all the time, but anybody got a suggestion? What do you mean by it? Right here in the camo. You can barely see them because of the, the camo. Wake up. Wake up. Like, come alive. Is that how your parents wake you up in the morning? They're like, come alive. Come alive. Oh, good. Whew, survived another night. Anybody else? Something awakens in fr- inside of me. Something awakens inside of you. Mmm, that's usually what happens right before diarrhea, right? Yes. So, Taco Bell has awakened me. Hey, what's brown and sounds like a bell? Anyway, sorry. Yes. Um, when, like, get energetic. When you get energetic, you're coming alive. You're in that workout session and everybody's like, come alive, everybody. Let's look alive, folks. Right? What else? Anything else? Way over here. Come to a place alive. Come to a place alive. Elaborate. Give me more of that. Come to a place alive. No, like... Like everybody else at the funeral, except for the one dude. <laughs> yeah. All right, okay. Okay, good. Yeah. He's boxed up to go. It's like when you're at a sports game, and you like when you're about to go into the field, and you're like, guys, come on. Come on live. We got to do this. Come on. Like, energetic. Yeah, and then you run through that paper. You ever seen anybody get hung up on that paper? Like, they just can't get through it, and you're like, this football game's not going to go well, all right? Like the Chiefs did last week. <clears throat> Ran through paper. That is, that is rough. That's too soon. My funeral joke was more well-timed. All right, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That rush you get when you're, like, doing something thrilling, like climbing the top of a very tall tree and then jumping off it for some reason. Okay, whoa. <laughs> I think what you're talking about is stop living, not come alive. 
I had you, you had me like when you climb a tall tree and then for some reason, for some reason, you lost your grip. That's what happened, right? You just jump off. Are there any more come alive way back there? Um, like rising up and getting up. Rising up, back on the streets. That's right. You were going to break into that song, you know. Rising up. Sorry, I missed the other part because Rocky was in my head. What was the last part you said? Like getting up. Getting up, rising up. Yeah, there you go. Come alive. It's alive. It's an old 40s universal Frankenstein movie. When you feel just so much better after being sick. And you feel so much better after being sick. Do you feel like you're dead when you're sick sometimes? I was like five. I remember I had chicken pox and I kept like scratching this one and it like popped and my whole pajamas was wet. And then later they were stuck. Anyway, so yeah, too much, too much information. That thing came alive quick. What? Sometimes when you just find your happy place, there's just a certain place in time you enjoy it and you get like a flood of memories and you're like, oh, I feel so much better now. That's true, and now we need to know where your happy place is. What is your happy place? Yeah, nobody else gets the answer, it's just you. Probably at home, on the couch, watching TV. A man after my own heart. The second is like unto it. The recliner, also at my house. Press, yes. Yeah, and the bed here. Your beds here are amazing. All right, you'll see. Like the feeling of freedom. The feeling of freedom. Come alive with freedom. That's probably it. No, there's one more. Is there one more? Do you have one more? I see a hand in the middle or over there, wherever. Rock, paper, scissors yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Just go to somebody. This is the last one. We have other things to do. <clears throat> Tell Frankenstein, Frankenstein to come alive. Frankenstein. Tell Frankenstein know? to come alive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool stuff. All right. Now, for me, coming alive is also... A coffee moment sometimes. Anybody in the room? That's when you come alive in the morning, all right? Um, Let me see. I'm going to bring... Who is the student who has been at, like, coming to River Valley Ranch for winter meltdown the longest? Hold on. So if, if you have been coming to River Valley Ranch, this might be your first year. If that's you, stay seated, all right? Um, You've been coming for at least three years, stand up. Three years, all right? Okay, if this doesn't fit you, sit back down. Stay standing if you've been here at least four years. Students only, not leaders. Students only. All right, five years. Six years. And figure it out. If you're not, if you didn't start coming in seventh grade and you're a senior, that didn't happen. Or you could be a junior and you started coming in sixth grade. Or they are your fifth year senior. All right, he's still, he's counting it out on his fingers there. I don't know, have I been here? I thought you guys were with me that year. Now you're seated, I don't know what to do. Six, six. How many? Six. Seven, everybody sit down but him. Wait, wait, how many? Six, all right, sit down. You could already sit down. I don't know what you're waiting for. All right, come up here. Come up here, yes. And, and, just step up on the stage. You can use the steps, or yes. All right, now I need the youth leader who has been a youth leader the shortest amount of time. All right, so if you've been a youth leader for less, for less than one year, stand up. Wait, hold on, you don't know if you win? Hold on, 
Hold on. There's, there's several. Less than a year? Okay. How many months, sir? Three months? Oh, they thought you had, they had you. What were you? How many months were you? Five. Five. You were so close. Three? How many? One month. Come here, sir. Is there anybody else still standing? All right. All right. All right. So, I brought him up because of his seniority and him up to break him into youth ministry. This is your come alive moment. I have concocted the perfect smell to help you come alive. But here's the thing. Do we still have a microphone? We need to hear them breathe to make sure they're actually breathing in. I've seen enough to know when somebody's improving. All right, so you had to breathe in this. No matter what the other person does, we're going to start with you. All right, so are you a youth pastor or youth worker? Leader. I lead. I turn around and people are behind me following. So are you a small group leader or large group leader? Helping with small group leading. Helping with small group leading. Sweet! This could be your last time at River Valley Ranch. All right, here we go. Big sniff, big sniff. All right. Get it over here. We got to hear the sniff. <laughs> Is it good or you want another one? I, I definitely felt that one. All right, all right, all right, all right. This, this will make whatever smells happen in the dorm this week pale in comparison. You ready? Here, let's bring the microphone over here. What's your name, sir? Caleb. Caleb, I got to know what to tell the paramedics. All right. I don't know if we can even get a paramedic here. Maybe just one medic. Thank you. Thank you. All right, here we go. Big sniff. One, two, three. <laughs> this is smelling salts, like to bring somebody back from unconsciousness. The perfect illustration for Come Alive that just happened to be backstage, and I thought of a couple minutes ago. All right, so you guys can have a seat real quick. Was that, was that good? Was that a punch in the face or what? All right. Not to be, a, I, I won't do that to somebody without doing it myself. I got to back up, though, because it, it, it brought tears to my eyes earlier. It's so bad. It's not even salt. <coughs> Rhino smelling salts. Atomic red live. Live, live, come alive. Okay. Anyway, wow. That's not even my object lesson for tonight, but we just squeezed it in. <laughs> they were smelling it backstage, just goofing off. And I'm like, is that one of the things for come alive? They're like, no, we didn't even think of that. I was like, are you kidding me? This is like the best object lesson ever for come alive. Anyways. Oh, see Aaron later if you want to punch in the face. All right. Woo! To come alive. It could be like a jolt of energy. It could be any of the, you guys had great definitions of that. All the different things that it means to come alive. And God experienced being able to make us come alive in the first place. So if we should start anywhere this weekend, it should be Genesis. All right? Should only take us, I haven't done all the math, how long to read through the entire Bible, but we're not going to do that. But we're going to read some of it. We're going to start in Genesis, Genesis 1.27. Now, he's, he's created a lot of things before Genesis 1.27, but he gets to this sixth day of creation, and it's time for people, all right? People are kind of unique. We're different than the other walking around guys and walking around girls, right? The other animals and things like that, rep, the reptiles, the mammals, the birds, the insects, all that stuff. 
We're different than the plants. All that good stuff, yeah. We are different. We rationalize. We think. We don't act on instinct. We're the only people who know something's, we're the only species that knows something's bad for us and does it anyway. The only. They're not like, uh, mouse isn't like, whoa, he just got killed in that trap. You know, I'll get into one too. Like, that's just us. We're like, well, maybe it'll be different for me. I have to learn from my own mistakes. That's how people are. But God makes us anyway. In Genesis 1.27, it says, so God, turn to it here. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Them? I don't know what that is. I'm from North Carolina. Sorry, them. That's how I say it there. Anyways, male and female, he created them. So both men and women, guys and girls, were all in God's image. There's something about you that looks like our heavenly father, which is pretty cool. And in a spiritual sense as well. And God created us that way. In Genesis 1.31, he says something different than he says about all the rest of the creation story. Every time he made something, he was like, that's good. That's good. Then he says about us though, God saw all that he had made on day six and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Now, if you're reading the Bible sometimes and you're just like, wait a minute, why is there evening and then morning? What, <laughs> what is that, right? Because we don't do it that way. In the Jewish time period, their day started at 6 p.m. and ended at 6 p.m. instead of 12 midnight, which makes not a lick of sense. They went with the sun going down and the sun coming up like the daytime started 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. The night was 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. The whole day was 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. That makes a lot of sense. We're like, it's the start of the day, which is the middle of the night. We're weird like that. We're like, Sunday, what is Sunday? It's the first day of the week and smack dab in the middle of the weekend. Makes no sense. Like, anyways, we should probably go back to this, but that's why it says evening and morning, the sixth day as it starts off. How many of you guys have ever made something before that you're proud of? Like you've actually made something. Now, when you were little, you made something and your mom looked like she was proud of it, but she's really just proud of you. Nothing you made was that great, but it all went on the fridge. I hate to break that to you. If it's still there, you're like, that's the best thing. That's what I was raising my hand about. That one thing from kindergarten with the tissue paper squares. It's supposed to be a bird, but nobody thinks it's a bird, right? It's just, it looks like something right out of an Atari game. It's just a little pixelated bird. Anyway, so, how many of you guys have made something that you're really, really proud of? Like, I don't know what that is, but how about you in the bandana thing on your head? Yell it out. A painting. A painting. What, is it, what was it of? What? Mountains. Sweet. All right, I like mountains. I'm a mountain guy, not a beach guy, right? Right here with a glowing bracelet. A wooden toy truck for your brother. Sweet. How'd you make this toy truck? Was wood glue involved? Screws? Nails? Sledgehammer. No, I'm just kidding. I, I've, I've never made a wooden train. I don't know. Way back there in the tealish, greenish. Of? Nice. Very cool. 
If you guys have pictures of these creations, show me later. Right here in the pink, pinkish, yeah. Sailboats, Sailboat, like out of wood and stuff? What? <laughs> a real sailboat? Like a big sailboat. Who did you, did you build it by yourself or somebody? Your grandma? <laughs> Who helped you? Oh, cool. Awesome. She has employees. All right. <laughs> Get started young. The girl right there, right on the end. Yes. Oh, sorry. Or you. Yeah, the one in the middle in the end, you know? Go ahead. Okay, I, Just all three of you is fine. Yeah. I've made a creation of Grogu. Out of? Uh, a drawing. Oh, sweet. A, a girl knit me, like crocheted me a Grogu one time, which is pretty cool. Awesome. Right there. You. Yeah, we're going to get all three of you in case you're confused. Okay, hold on a second. Very confused. He made out of a pine tree thing, he made a a pin and phone stand that she uses nonstop for cooking. The cooking part I'm confused about. Recipes on the phone? Oh, okay, all right, all right. I was like, <laughs> I've heard they can give you tumors, the phones. She's like radiating the food. Okay, and, and the girl right there. Yes. I made Sweet. Clay sculptures of birds she gave to your parents and grandparents. And the last person. You guys are all pointing at the same person. Go ahead. A cardboard acoustic guitar. Semi-functional. Sweet. Very nice. It's a higher grade than an air guitar, I guess. It's the cardboard guitar. You can really, you could shred it, you know, like really shred it. <laughs> anyway, so, all right. Cool. Well, that's awesome. But he, here's the thing. About the things, no, sorry, sorry. You're going to come up and tell me, though, because otherwise we're going to run out of time. About the things that we make, I hate to break it to you. We made them, but we did not create them. We're creative because we have God's image, and he's creative, but we didn't, like, cause a pine tree to grow. We didn't cause whatever tree grew that got turned into cardboard. We didn't, we didn't make all the employees that you have at your boat factory. Like we did, or the things that they used to do that. Like we didn't do, we take things that God's already made and then we make other things out of them. But even then, we can be so proud of the things that we've made. Like so proud. Like if somebody came in and destroyed something you had made, it would hurt you. If it's, if it's something like valuable or something that you, you cherish or something somebody's made me, like the crocheted Grogu that somebody made me or somebody um, um, 3D printed a Darth Vader that holds my pen like this and it's cool because it's a lightsaber pen that I already had. They didn't even know. Anyway, so like there's the, all that, it's cool and I would be upset if somebody broke something that I made but none of the things we made are alive. Like, think about when you create something and they actually come 
to life, how cool that would be. And we've got stories like Pinocchio and different things where that happens, but they're just stories. Like real life happened when God breathed into it. In Genesis 2, 7 through 9, it says, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. I imagine Adam, except for the bad looking look on his face, was much like these two guys who were up here. All of a sudden, it's like the first breath ever, like, oh, life. It's probably more like, ah, you know, you're like, well, he's repulsed to be at a perfect garden. What is this? You know, no, but like, it's that first breath that he ever took. He was just a made, created thing by God that could have looked cool on a shelf, maybe. Maybe with some clothes, you know. But like, <laughs> you could look cool on a shelf, but nothing like a living being. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Later, he will take a rib from Adam's side and create Eve, who is that helpmate for him that completes that relationship that he has with in a marital, like marital sense of a relationship, which is really cool. But they find their identity and who God is at least for a while. And God is so proud of the fact that he created them. He's so proud of the fact that he's created you. And when he created them, it was like when, when you breathe for the first time, it's almost like just that light comes on, you know, and this is probably blinding some of you, but not all of you. I'll get to all of you. Hold on. I got a little time. No, it's, but once they had sinned, which we're going to talk about tomorrow morning, once they had sinned, they still had life in them. The, the Bible says that they died in that moment as well. The spiritual sense, that light that was in God was dead. There was a sense of light there, like this black light, a sense of light, a sense of living, but nothing like what would happen when they would come alive in, in God, like spiritually. When we find Christ, when we come alive, it's like we go from black light to the brightest light shining out from within us. God takes us to a whole new realm when that happens. If you can think about that, thing that you made and then try to think about what God must feel like when he sees somebody that he has created, choose not to follow him. That's what he experienced with Adam and Eve. That's what he experiences with us when we're in our sins and we haven't come to Jesus, that, that that's my creation and somebody is ruining it. Like if somebody was handling something you made and you're like, hey, be careful with that. That took me a long time to make. And they're just joking around with it like they don't care. We're careless with God's image prior to coming to Christ. And he's done everything necessary to bring us back into that relationship with him. Something that causes us to get back to that point of coming alive is the fact that the Bible is actually said by the Bible to be living and active. To be living and active. And the, the cool thing about it, does anybody know what um, one of the names for Jesus that he's called in the book of John? It opens up that way. In the beginning was the, the word. 
The word was with God and the word was God. In verse 14, it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word is an interesting name to call Jesus. The word that, that God spoke is what brought us to life in the first place. What that breath that he poured into us, it's what he spoke and the world came into existence. This was amazing, but it was done by the word of God. And without him, the New Testament tells us, there was, without Jesus, there was nothing made that was made. He's the word of God, fully human and yet fully man. When you read the Bible, you find things like Paul asking Timothy in 2 Timothy to bring his coat when he comes because it's almost winter. He left it somewhere. You're like, what, what does that mean for me today? Remember to pack my coat? There's some things in the Bible that show that it was written by human beings. But it's all true and it interconnects, which shows that it was inspired and God breathed by God. The word of God, Jesus, is fully God and fully man, and so is his word. It's alive. It's fully from God. And it doesn't gloss over the fact that God used imperfect people to write it. And that he breathed his words to them that he wanted us to see. It's so cool. Like, that, that, I don't know if that's cool to you or that puts a light bulb on or anything. You're like, whoa, Jesus is the word. And the word reflects who Jesus is because it's fully God and fully man at the same time. And God keeps it from any error, even though it's a variety of subjects and 40 different authors, 41, if you include Daniel, if you realize Daniel chapter four is written by Nebuchadnezzar, or at least quoted by Nebuchadnezzar and written down by Daniel, which is really awesome. I think people gloss over that sometimes that he came to faith in God and he's like, I, Nebuchadnezzar, and like, whoa, that's really cool. It's like 41 people over 1500 years who don't get in one room together and figure out what to do. And they write on a variety of topics and yet, they don't contradict each other. That's God. That's God orchestrating that. In Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is active, excuse me, alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. When you come alive in God, it's almost like that creation moment that Adam and Eve had when they were able to breathe that very first time. It's like he brings smelling sauce to somebody who, I thought about saving those until somebody fell asleep in one of my sermons and just kind of walking casually up and put it underneath their nose. Oh, that would have been, I never got you back. All right, never, ever. Like you'd be like the whole time you'd be busted out and that person would hate me. All right, so we don't want to do that. They already half hate me, they're asleep. Anyway, so I wouldn't do that to you, I promise. I will not do that to you. Once I get back to Aaron, no more smelling thoughts for me, right? Um, the word of God is that thing that causes us to be made alive. It's Jesus. It's, who, it's what he did for us and that we are drawn because of it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, which is awesome. So as we go through this this week, we talk about what separated us, how severe that is, because I don't think we think it is as severe as, severe as God thinks it is. We're going to get into that. And my goal for you, my hope for you, is that if you haven't come alive in Christ, you would experience that this weekend. If you have, but for some reason, it's gotten stale to you, you've built up kind of a callus on your heart. Have you ever noticed the first time you do something wrong, like you're like guilt-ridden? 
but the 500th time you do the same thing, it's not as big of a deal to you. That is like exactly what we want to prevent in the Christian walk to where we get where God sees sin in our life and how it affects him. And we start to be grieved over the same things so that we can walk in that freedom that he offers in the first place. So my goal is that we would engage with the word this weekend and allow it to pierce through our hearts, to divide between soul and spirit and point out like a flashlight exactly where we are and where God wants to take us because he's amazing that way. And he's got an awesome, awesome plan for each one of you. He wants to use you. There's not anybody in here who's like, eh, eh, we could do this without this person. We could do this without that. He wants you as a part of what we would call the global church. Now that doesn't mean you have to like, what? I have to go to every church? Like every weekend I got to go somewhere? I mean, his bride, his body, making change in the world and showing who Jesus is to every dark corner of this world. Let me pray for you guys. Lord, we thank you so much for each person here. God, as we get into this talk this week and we deal with what sin is like and what it means to be redeemed by you and the restoration that you bring as we get into these next three sessions, I pray that you would move in our hearts. Help us to come to these sessions um, ready to worship you, ready to lay down. There's so much we brought in with us probably, Lord, that we should have just left outside the camp. So as I pray that as we have conversations, as we have conversations with our, our church groups, small groups, anything that goes on this weekend, Lord, we would, and conversations with you, we'd be able to lay aside the things that might distract us so that we can actually hear from you and say, God, what do you want to teach me this weekend? How do you want me to come alive? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.